Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, we'll explore the Norwegian folktales surrounding the Black Plague. I'll be sharing a story that incorporates many of the motifs and elements found in these tales. It's the story of two very different old women. Perhaps we'll uncover some wisdom we can use today. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders... As we move into yet another COVID-19 surge, it seems to be time to explore some of the old stories that were told about the Black Plague. The Black Death would kill more than 20 million people in Europe, which was almost one-third of the continent's population over a seven-year period. Ponder that for a bit as we struggle with year two of our pandemic. As you might imagine, there are many stories told about the plague, and this time filled with death. Death became a preoccupation in the Middle Ages, both literally and creatively. It was often personified as an animated skeleton and depicted as either wielding a scythe or dancing. If you're interested in hearing more of these stories, check out my earlier episode on Godfather Death or the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Now we'll explore a subset of these stories, focusing in on the plague as it occurred in Norway. In Norway, the plague moved through the country between 1349 and 1350. Many were left dead in its wake. The legends that track the plague's movement through the country were recorded by the Norwegian priest, folklorist, and historian Andreas Fay. His book, Norwegian Folk Legends, was published in English in 1844. There's an interesting twist in these stories, for the plague was personified into the body of an old woman known as Pesta. The story you'll hear now consolidates many of the shorter tales found within Faye's book. Perhaps it comes as no surprise that one of the characters in the story will be the wise crone. It is my hope that this consolidation honors the tales of old. But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. It was a quiet arrival. The ship docked in the darkness with the sound of rain on the deck. Only a solitary old woman departed, sack on her back, tools in her hands. Rats scurried from under her feet. Fleas jumped from their backs. No one else could be seen. It wasn't until the next day that the bodies were found. People who then gathered on the docks were met with a horrifying surprise. The boatmen and the crew aboard the ship were mostly dead. Those still alive were gravely ill and covered in black boils. But by then, 
the hag was gone. Before long, the church bells began to ring. They rang and rang both day and night, praying for God to intercede. Fires began to burn the dead, their houses too. It was an attempt to stop the spread. Of what? They didn't know for sure. They only knew that the illness traveled quickly, leaving death behind. Many, dying so quickly they were later found, collapsed performing their daily task. In the fields, in the forest, in the kitchens, and in the villages. As if pausing for only a moment, death in perfect silence, now eternally silent. But they didn't expect her. This old woman, this hag dressed like a peasant, black scarf over her head, red skirt, back stooped and bent, a tiny little stranger. She seemed harmless enough in this land of friendly, trusting people. Look, mother, here comes an old woman, a child often said. Some hurried toward her to help carry her load. It was only polite, after all. No one even imagined that it could be her. But after a while she was seen, sometimes sweeping at the front door, sometimes raking instead. She would strike the door with the broom handle. Thump, 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 thump. A minute later, the deed was done. Four knocks, and four people would die. In Norway, you see, the face of the Black Death appeared in the body of an ashen-faced old woman. Her name was Pesta. Pesta made her way to the mountains, where, they say, the wealthy began to hide. Wealth always has some advantages. But how long could they flee from the outbreak? Sure, they found a safe place far away from others. But they were never able to leave, and the gates were always latched. After a while, they lost track of time. Some sent messages, placing them under a flat rock by the gate. It's how they learned what was going on in the world outside. It was the only way they knew when Christmas had come once again. But Pesta rattled at that gate. She shook it with all her might. She tried her best to enter. She couldn't get in. Undeterred, she opened her sack and left a message under the rock. They called it the letter stone. A letter from Pesta was the stuff of nightmares. When the message was finally gathered, they read, You are safe for now. That was all it said. But most people found no refuge from her relentless pursuit. She'd wait outside the threshold of a house, singing softly to those inside. You are in my book. If you come out of your house, I'll see that your death is an easy one. I'll see that your death is an easy one. She walked from farm to farm throughout the land. Many years later, when people finally returned, the houses were as she left them. Everything was covered in thick dust, and all the bones remained where the people had died. 
Sometimes everyone in a house was killed. Sometimes it was everyone in the village or everyone in the valley. On one rare occasion, only a solitary young girl was spared. One day, Pesta found herself deep in the forest, far away from any village. In the clearing, she saw a small cottage. Shall we visit here? Pesta said to no one in particular. An old woman was tending her garden. She saw Pesta from a distance. I'll take care of all the motherless children if you'll spare me. She had moved to the forest after Pesta had taken her family some time before. Let me see, let me see, Pesta replied. I'll need to check my book. Then she opened her pack and took out a large book. She turned the pages slowly. I can't find you here, she replied disappointed. I've heard you can make yourself as small as a mouse. Is that true, Pesta? The crone implored. Pesta grunted an acknowledgement. But I don't think even you could make your way into this tiny knothole. The crone pointed to a circle at the front door. Pesta cackled in delight and then smiled. She dissolved her body into red smoke that traveled through the air and entered the knothole. Quickly, the crone picked up a cork and plunged the hole, trapping Pesta inside. She took out her knife and marked a warning symbol on the door. True to her word, the old woman searched the village for orphans, but all she could find was the solitary girl Pesta had spared. The young girl was crying, scared, and confused. She had been alone so long that she was now like a wild bird, the grouse. At first she thought the old woman was Pesta returning once again, but she soon recognized that this old woman was the grandmother. The crone took the girl's hand, and together they walked away from the village. Now we shall go see our neighbors, the crone said gently. Perhaps we can help. But what they found from house to house was mostly the dead, both human and animal, and so they continued walking, rescuing orphans when they could, and helping whenever possible, always following the path. They were soon able to find a place to begin again. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... These stories capture history. As many believe the plague was brought to Scandinavia via trading ships, traveling perhaps from Britain to Bergen-Norway around 1347. Scandinavian plague legends follow the migration of the virus throughout the area. As the plague spread... The stories also moved and grew with new variations. In reality, the plague is thought to have spread rapidly, northwards and southwards along the coast, and overland to eastern Norway. The Black Death remained in Norway for approximately six months to a year. It is believed to have taken the lives of 40 to 50 percent of the inhabitants, 
although this figure is debated by some scholars. In Norway, these stories were collected by Andreas Fay and later recorded by Radar Christensen, who discovered that they contained four common motifs. One of these motifs was unusual in the genre of plague stories. This is the story of the plague as depicted by the hag. Other plague legends are found throughout Europe, in Denmark, Iceland, the Netherlands, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Poland, Germany, and Switzerland. All of these stories attempted to make sense of an incredibly dire time. They spoke of cures, and they shared means of protection. A little valerian here, a little butterbur there, might make all the difference. These were cautionary tales. Listening to the stories just might help people know how to protect themselves from the plague. One story from England described how separating people into smaller groups located further away from each other could stop the spread. You see, social distancing worked even then. Sadly, plagues have been a known part of the human experience for all recorded history. It's likely been that way since the very dawn of mankind. Every so often, a new disease or strain came along and wiped out half of the population. The Black Plague raged through Europe and Asia in some form for over 500 years. Let's hope the coronavirus isn't around that long. So how did the people of medieval Earth finally get this disease under control? Clearly, there was no understanding of science or medicine. And just as we see today, there were outlandish cures. These included methods as extreme as bathing in urine or vinegar, or putting dead animals known as stinks in the home. Filling the air they breathed with bad smells was believed to ward off the plague, and stinks were just one approach people took. Others included breathing in smells from their latrines. Once infected, there was only two possible cures, lancing of the boils or bloodletting. Other methods were less extreme but equally ineffective, including the wearing of lucky charms, the ringing of church bells, and dancing. I think I'd prefer the dancing. Truly, medieval folks didn't understand how the plague was transmitted at all. No one knew that the plague was caused by the spread of infected fleas carried on the backs of rats. This made the transmission easy when rats found their way into ships. But over time, through experience and observation, which was shared in stories, the people discovered that isolation and quarantine slowed the spread. They also learned to social distance, for fleas can jump two feet. It is the same way we can beat the coronavirus. Social distancing, isolation, and quarantine will help stop the spread, whether we're symptomatic or not. Sadly, those beak masks of the 16th and 17th century didn't provide much protection from the Black Death. The large beaks 
were actually filled with herbs so that doctors could endure the stench of sickness and death. They weren't meant to be used as protection, for the virus was carried by fleas and not airborne like COVID. Masks work much better for us. The effect of the plague was profound and had significant cultural and societal impact. Ultimately, the social order shifted. Some historians believe the plague led to the end of the feudal system. We may see similar societal changes in our future. More people working from home, perhaps, or a rise in the minimum wage. We can hope that people will share a new reverence for what can make life just and good for all. What does the wise crone have to say? Ah, life is fragile. Survival is not assured to anyone. It's simple. You don't need me to tell you what to do, dearie. Get the jab. Keep that distance between each other and put on your mask. Refuse my advice at your own peril for PESTA may just pay you a visit. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, Remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller, Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin McLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. Music